With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Uh, I'm back specifically. Ben's back. (laughs) Uh, We're all back. Uh, And it's Sunday. And Marquette played a game of basketball a day ago. Well, what some people are telling me was a game of basketball. I'm not sure what I witnessed was basketball, but it was a grouping of people competing in an arena that traditionally hosts basketball contests. So I would that was say good summation. By, by that, by that standard, Marquette competed in and successfully prevailed in a game of basketball that 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 would be one way of phrasing it yes we did it guys gold stars all around uh yeah so that was uh really underwhelming but also like i'm not going to zag into my like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use my lack of enthusiasm for that game to zag into uh, the skies falling uh, on this team yet because no. I, do, I do not believe that to be the case. I agree with you, but uh, there's I just remember last week on the podcast I was like, well, we're probably much closer to the team in the second half of the Purdue game than we are the team in the Wisconsin game, and then Marquette re- resoundedly came out and said, nope. Sam, you have more questions now, so... Yeah. I, I guess... Don't know, I, somebody... Sorry, somebody I, don't, I don't remember where it, like, first started uh, that people were saying that they are deliberately not playing well. But it did kind of seem like that. <laughs> like, like, I don't... The reason I'm not overreacting is it seems like they tried to do stuff that, uh, well isn't going to be what they do, I guess. And so, yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, Ben. I'm, I, I'm, I was just going to say this is kind of reminiscent of the games last year against, uh, if you remember, the Presbyterian first half. And That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I agree. And also, and also UTEP was like sneakily just really bad. We kind of let them back into the game towards the end. And I don't know if this is a Bojo does a get his teams up against bad teams or something like that. But again, like if those two types of games happened last year and they almost lost in a exhibition along what a couple years ago, and they kind of end up fine despite that, I'm not going to freak out too much. I don't like that there's precedent to this, but the fact that there's precedent and it's not terrible makes me think, eh, whatever. Did you, say, Orlando. did you say the exhibition was against Longwood? Is that not? Is that not it? Was, it? It, was, it was Lindenwood. God ha! damn it! Now I have. Now I actually have to make sure it was, it's actually called Lindenwood. But Longwood. oh no! This is <laughs> It was Lindenwood. <laughs> oh no! 
The reason All right. I, well, Freudian Ben is this. just coming out here on this Sunday afternoon, I guess. The, My the God. I yeah, I know. Well, the reason I know that is uh, exhibition games are always against non-D1. And I know that Longwood is D1 because my dad's best man works at Longwood. So wow. that's like the only, it's the only way I know I know that. And was like, did Ben say that? I was like, kind of like sleepwalking through your answer. And I was like, did you say Longwood? That's a great, we are off to a hot start here. That is an awesome way that we just veered for two minutes into that tangent. Um, oh my god, yeah. That, that... So, sort of steering it back on track from what I found interesting with what you said. Um, Presbyterian, a game that I did not watch last year because I was at a wedding. Um, hey, nice. Yeah. Uh, but did you have fun at the wedding? It was a great wedding. Shout out to uh, David Bredemus. Wonder- wonderful wedding. Occasional listener, David Bredemus. <laughs> uh, the, I remember following the score in my pocket and then I watched the highlights afterward. And so I don't ever remember, and maybe it's cause I wasn't watching that game, but I didn't think Marquette was going to lose at any point yesterday. Like not at all. Like never, I was, I was watching Robert Morris and they did play well, I think, in the last seven, eight minutes of the game, but they suck. Like, they, they were not – this was – it was, for me, even when it was – I don't know, what, what was their largest lead? Maybe, like, three points? It, it, like, never did I think Marquette wasn't going to figure out a way to win that game. It was – but I think part of the problem is that that's such a low bar for – like getting any sort of positive out of it and just being like, this is fine. We're fine. Is not like a very positive uh, conclusion, but I still like when you say the Presbyterian game, I was following that and I was like, Holy crap, are they really going to lose this game? And then this one just was like, once they kind of woke up and got their head out of their ass in the, in the second half that the, the first 10 minutes of the second half really, it was just like, oh, all right, they're going to win this game. It's not a problem. Yeah, the minimum win probability for Marquette was 94.5. So yeah, at no that's, point that's absurd. did the standards <laughs> think was an, Yeah, yeah, absolutely absurd, given the actual margin. Yeah. But it's because Robert Morris is that bad. And right. the numbers basically say, you can't possibly lose to these nerds, can you? No, exactly. And I maybe I'm being anecdotal, but Presbyterians was... 80 at one point uh with 12 minutes left so yeah the average margin of victory in that game was two and so you can kind of convert average margin to potential actual final margin if that makes sense so a two-point average margin over the course of the game generally translates to a four-point final margin give or take and mark had ended up winning that by 19 right so yeah yeah. So what basically the point is that if you would like to extrapolate things from a game against my good friend Bobby Mo, um I will allow you to uh be my guest. Uh I am not nothing the only thing that I've changed my mind about 
um, in the last week since the Wisconsin game. The only the only opinion I have about Marquette that's changed is that I believe Brendan Bailey is back on the path to being a more confident offensive player. I was, yeah. I was very worried about him. I was right all along. I never doubted it. Yeah, well, no, you're not. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I, like, that's the only thing that has changed. I, I think we just know that this team is – I mean, they got to figure the turnovers out. That's the big thing. <sighs> I'm sure, Sam, you want to talk about turnovers. Oh, Sam, God. please yell. And in real time, it was just – like, so Ken Palm lists us as having 21 turnovers for good for basically 30% turnover rate, AKA three out of every 10 possessions. We were gifting, um, Robert Morris, the ball, Robert Morris had nine steals. Like the, the, just the, the now one in six, Robert Morris, Ken Palm's, 287th best team had nine steals against us. None of these guys are elite defensive players. None of them. I, 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 I can't believe that we haven't addressed any form of, I'm sure they've been yelled at a billion times. Let, let's not, let, maybe not say, let, maybe let's not say they, it hasn't been addressed, but I guarantee you it's been addressed. It just hasn't been addressed effectively. Somebody said something about it, but I... Words have been spoken. Yeah. I don't think anything useful has been done about it, obviously. Um, you know, you can talk a lot about, you know, were, were they just lazy? Were they expecting to beat this team by a lot, you know, really easy and just didn't care, what have you. Um, but in a half where, like the first half, where it looked like... Marcus Howard was intentionally not taking shots. Um, you know, he had, I think, zero shot attempts and three turnovers at the half. Um, Sakar Annam ended up with five turnovers. It's, it's uh, amazing. All the primary, the four primary ball handlers have five, four, four, and three turnovers. <laughs> correct. Freaking amazing. That's, uh, that is not at all what you want. Um, and I, I mean, if we're going to cough up the ball as much as we do, um, you know, we, we, we have to be effective, uh, you know, in other ways. And, you know, maybe the two-point shooting is uh, coming around, quote-unquote. I don't know yet. I'm not convinced by that display against Robert Morris that um, the two-point woes are fixed, but... You know, bright spots, Sakar went six of eight from two, which has not been his M.O. the last couple of games. So, um, you know, we'll take the little wins, um, I guess. But I, I just can't think about that first half enough. Like, 14 turnovers in the first half, 19 points from a team that includes Marcus Howard and Kobe McEwen. Like, I've never been more, like, embarrassed of the offensive ability of this team besides maybe like the first year of Wojo when we were playing a team that could only really ever score. Yeah. Like I, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. 21 turnovers uh, for the second time this season. And (laughs) it's 
41 turnovers against a terrible, well, not I don't know. You tell me if Loyola Maryland is terrible. But 21 turnovers against a team that's not playing harassing defense or have any sort of athletic uh, matchups for your for your players. Their, their, their best turnover games have come in their two hardest games, which is kind of a weird... It, it, it might honestly just be they aren't really... I, I, I don't know. I think Marquette has a collection of turnover-prone players, but I also think that they could play a lot tighter in these games that they're kind of sleepwalking through. Um, so I think, it, I think it's either, it's either way. Like, I mean, Ed Morrow travels every time he gets the ball. So it's just a, it's just a matter of like, will it be called as a travel or it, so like that is a, a turnover prone player. You're not going to make adjustments. The dude just doesn't know how to pivot. So I, like, that's one thing, but then it's, is Sakar Anim really playing at full potential. effort capacity. Yeah. yeah, like well, no potential. I mean, he's. He, I think I just don't think he's. Um, I yeah, there's some, something weird. You can say it. you can say it. This is a safe space. Uh, well, no, I think what Pat's getting at here really is just that, like, for a guy that's supposed to be, you know, our our number one go to lockdown defender. Uh, he's a fifth-year senior, spent four years, or this is his fourth year on the court with the team. Um, he should be a leader. He should be a maximum effort kind of guy, and sometimes he just looks absolutely lackadaisical. And I, I don't think we do ourselves any service conjecturing as to why, but I think just from an objective standpoint, you know, watching the film, he doesn't look right, and I don't know what's up. Yeah, I... I, in almost any other situation, if someone were to say the guys, just any random guy clearly isn't trying hard, I'd be like, shut up. These are athletes. They're clearly trying as best as they can. In these rare situations in which Sakari and him just clearly isn't really doing what he can do best on defense and hawking up just bad shots on offense. I like it's not the conclusion that I'm 100% set in stone on, but it's the conclusion that I'm most leaning toward right now that it's some sort of effort beyond the court sort of thing that's really affecting his play and it's been so so bad to the point that I think that we should already be having the conversation about hey, we need to get Greg Elliott back in here. Right. Well, I think we talked about that last week where we said at the time, um, you know, we were sort of right after the Wisconsin loss recording. And, you know, obviously Greg and Jamal had looked a lot better than Brendan and Sakar in that game. Um, and that had kind of been the uh, the conclusions we had drawn um, from the season so far. Um, you know, I think that the, the Brendan being replaced by Jamal take might be might need to be tabled, uh, as Brendan seemed to have a pretty good game yesterday. Um, you know, he finally found his offense. He finally found um, – he, he defended very well. He rebounded well. Um, you know, it was everything we thought Brendan was capable of um, last 
or yesterday, I should say. But um, so maybe maybe we can table that. But uh, you know, Sakar led us in points yesterday. He yeah. had he was six of eight from the floor or, or from two, which is good. He made two of his three free throws, which is good. Five total rebounds, pretty good. No assists, no turnovers, one steal, no blocks, and an offensive rating. Or he missed both of the threes he attempted for an offensive rating of 83. When your highest scorer has an 83 as an offensive rating, it's not great. I don't even think you need to talk about statistics with him. I mean, I, my my thought that I was going to say before the conversation got a little bit more technical was he's just an effort player that doesn't appear to be giving all of his effort. Um, I agree. Like, he, he very much is a guy that is talented, but has a ceiling as we as we talk about because of his skill set being a uh, high major skill set that is has some uh, flaws that show up very often, um, including his sort of Derek Wilson like shooting touch, um, which which rears its head quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's really had to work hard to become as good of a college basketball player as he is. And I, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna say it, I'm not gonna say it too much, but like the 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 travel where he yelled at Bailey on the back cut is just like, dude, like don't you're not allowed to travel as you're complaining audibly about your player. Like that's such a that's such a lame move. Just just committing a turnover while you're like chewing out your teammate on the court, like. Oh, it's just and, that, and that's the point with, that you're saying, Sam. He's a fifth-year senior, and that's what we keep saying. Like, dude, like, be a leader, be a, you know, uh, be a, be a positive influence uh, to the younger players out there, and like, raise the level of the team. And it's just, I don't know. I he his uh, scoring lead was all opportunity based. And frankly, I am a little frustrated with how uh, ample that opportunity is right now. I think it needs to be, I think, I, Greg Elliott's been amazing. And he didn't have a great offensive game yesterday. Uh, but I just think his, the way he contributes is so positive. Um, and, he, and he's probably a better defender. Um, uh, almost definitely, although we haven't really seen... Sakar have a a Shimori Pons level guy yet this year, which is usually where he gets put to the test. But like, I don't know. I just, I really, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not happy about. I just don't. When you watch him, you just don't have a lot of confidence right now that he's going to produce something positive. Yeah, I was gonna kind of mention first off a quick correction for Sam. I think you said. Zero assists, zero turnovers. He actually had five turnovers. I said, um, on... I said a zero, block. yeah, zero blocks. But uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah five, I... he had, he had five turnovers. That contributes to the eighty-three we, we, rating. Yeah, um, I was just going to quickly interject about uh, where those shots should be going. I was, I mentioned this, I think, on Twitter last week. I was going to mention it in the pod, but I wasn't able to record. But I really think those shots should be going to. Theo John, interesting. Like, red, 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 red underline. He only, he only had four shots yesterday, and he made two of them. He made four of his five free throws. He's 
clearly improving on the offensive end. And I do completely understand why Wojo was hesitant to give a bunch of post-up opportunities. They're definitely not the most efficient shot. And I don't think Theo John is the greatest guy to handle like double team situations. If that ends up being a strategy against him, I don't think he's an incredible passer, but I think given where the wings are right now, a lot more of those shots should be going his way. There should be more cuts that result in passes to him instead of trying to draw fouls or putting up some terrible shot or just traveling with it. So I agree. That's that's my, I agree in theory. Um, In theory. My issue isn't with Theo getting those shots. It's especially watching the game in real time yesterday Nobody knows how to pass into the post on this team. Correct. Except like, Greg. I like Greg's passing Except for Greg Elliott. So yeah. I I don't understand. I, I want Theo to get more shots. I'm very worried about how he's going to get the touches in the first place. Um, you know, I, I can count. There were probably five or six entry passes that turned into turnovers just because they were poor. Absolutely yeah. miserably poor. So, uh, you know, I'm all for Theo getting more shots. I just especially against a better defense than what Robert Morris has, because their defense wasn't amazing by any stretch of the imagination, regardless of what the, the steal numbers say or anything. Um, I mean, the way that Marquette kind of plays the four out one in sort of scenario, I think just simply throwing it to him kind of the way that Kansas will do with Azubuke a lot, let him go to work on that end and get everyone else out of the way. But then that, would require occasional passing ability. I don't know. I don't, again, I don't think that he should be getting 10 shots a game. I think it should be just more than four shots a game. I, I agree. I, I think I just have bigger concerns about like the, the turnover numbers give me pause because I'm not sure how we were going to get it to him in the first place. And then that turns into a whole nother problem, but I understand. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know. I think another way to look at it though, is if you just kind of, I just pulled up the, the rate stats so far and um you know Elliot's got a 104 offensive rating so far this season and Anim has a 76 offensive rating and that's not great that's like a huge disparity and I kind of started with like what were their turnover rates and Elliot's actually got a higher turnover rate than Anim does by two two percent and so it's kind of crazy if Elliot has is turning the ball over more uh, frequently based on his opportunity that he is a 30 percent higher rated offensive or not percent, but he's a 30 point higher offensive rating. And so I I think that kind of tells the story of like how much other stuff he's doing and how little other stuff you're getting from Sakar. Sakar has a. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. Uh, I was going to say, Sakar has an efficient or effective field goal percentage of 41.2%. That's that gross. A, that's an ineffective field goal percentage. That I mean, like, Jamal Kane is hanging out right around there. Brendan Bailey's is actually lower, but I think we can all agree that um, Brendan, you know, at least appears to be. Yeah. Those guys are doing other things. Yeah, and, They're you know, like, just, like. Getting frustrated, uh, complaining about getting beat on drives without help, and, like. Oh, God. Sorry. I need to <laughs> I need to be less direct. 
but. Deep, deep, deep breath. But yeah, I think there's, I mean, I, I agree with you that, you know, the other guys seem to be con- contributing in much different ways while Sakar, especially for what, again, what he's advertised as, um, is not doing what he's sort of starting to do, which is, you know, be that uh, defensive leader and, you know, overall team leader, not necessarily having to shoulder an offensive burden like he, you know, apparently has been. Um and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it is sort of indicative when Greg Elliott is technically turning the ball over um, at a higher percentage than Sakar, and is still way more effective of an offensive player. Um, you know, whether it be passing or um, getting offensive rebounds or uh, hitting his own shots. So, you know, um, that's, I feel like we went off on a, I don't even know where we started this conversation at this point. But I just wanted to like point that out. I think that th- that effective field goal percentage is a very jarring stat. So I don't know if that leads back into the point you were trying to make or not. Uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be a good time to also mention Ben's thing about pick and rolls that we were talking about before. Um, as because I do think Theo John, you're right, uh, getting touches in the post is going to help this team. But I think part of what uh, is happening with that is he's also just being asked to screen constantly and I get it I get the strategy um and I think that's you know the core of the offense um but you wonder if they would if they would run more um and you know uh, no one no one loves it more than me when they run the handoff action so I'm I'm fine I'm fine with that continuing but uh because it's kind of like Sean McVay uh football like before Sean McVay football became predictable and figure out and figured out by the league where you just like window dress the crap out of um, your possession. And then you're, they're moving so much that they lose Marcus Howard by a, by a half step and then it's a bucket. But um, I, I don't know. I think Ben, you want to talk about the pick and roll thing? I think this, this kind of goes into something that I've been internally talking about maybe getting an article started about the things that Wojo probably should have changed about the offense from last year, this year that he really hasn't. And I think given the makeup of the team post housers, there should have been a decent amount of changes with regards to the offense and trying to maximize the assorted talents of the wings while not relying too much on them. And I think, he still continues to rely on pick and roll ball handle situations with guys that are really not well adept at handling those. And it has not turned out well last year in pick and roll ball handling situations. Marquette was one of the best teams in the country at scoring on those. And this year they're in the bottom fifth of teams across the country in that. And so, I think it's partially indicative of a little bit of a lack of adjustment. Um, And that kind of turns into my conversation about getting bigs more plays or, and what I was talking about maybe even before the year with trying to get more steals and more transition opportunities, which they've improved a lot transition offense. That was a big sucky area last year and they've really improved on that this year, but they haven't, 
really been trying to get out and transition as much because they're not trying to steal, which turns into a good effective field goal defense against teams. But again, it doesn't really translate as well on the offensive end. So that's my general concern about where this offense is headed. Yeah, I mean, I just think there are a lot of flaws and it's frustrating that bad teams are uh, bringing out these flaws. Um, but anyhow, uh, let's. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of teams that really oh, perform a bit against bad teams, let's talk about Davidson. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's talk, let's talk about next week. Uh, Davidson is the opponent in the bracket. Well, first uh, let's back, let's back out there in the Orlando tournament right. and it's kind of the Orlando Invitational, right? I think it used to be called like Old Spice, but it's they... like it's like the Advocare Invitational or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, Orlando yeah, it's Advocare. Which okay, isn't that hasn't that been kind of some hot water about like maybe being a pyramid scheme? No, 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 no. That's Herbalife, I think, isn't it? I oh. thought Advocare was maybe part of that too. Advocare. It's the dietary supplement company. So, yeah, so that's definitely. Oh, it is. Game. You're right. I didn't know yeah. that. For, former multi-level marketing company. So uh, that's uh, not great. I can't wait for Marcus Howard to go on Twitter and talk about the insane marketing team that he's a part of and the opportunity that all fans should be entering in with him. Yeah, right. That's that was that was strained. Um, <laughs> uh, the. Are how are you like, going to get out of that one? I don't know, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about how dirty yeah. Davidson's starting five is going to do us because our defense hasn't been as good as it could have or it should be. Uh, and man, running down the list of Davidson starters, um, Kellen Grady, 111.2 offensive rating. Luka Bradjevic or Bradjkovic, uh, six, six, 10, 108 yeah, so offensive rating, some including sweet names on this team. Yeah. John Axel Goodmanson. I'm rooting for him. I, I don't care favorite. what happens as long as John Axel is doing well, then you I'm a happy boy. Do. Oh my god! No, but yeah, but like, there's there <laughs> every one of their starters is six five or taller. Every one of their starters has an above 100 offensive rating, including a 120.7 and a 142.6. Um, they have three different guys or four different guys shooting over um, 40 percent from three. Uh, all of them are fairly efficient for the most part, um, from two, this scares I'm going to, I'm actually going to quickly disagree with you, Sam, because they have had some great performances. Those have been shoved into two of their five total games against UNC Wilmington and Nevada. They just lit the world on fire. And then they've also played games against Charlotte, Auburn, and Wake Forest, in which they have just stunk. And like against Auburn, they shot eight of twenty-seven from two, and in all of their three losses, they've shot below thirty-three uh, percent from three. And, so, and and in all those games, it just it was just really bad. Like they're not good at defense at all. And so it's it's going to be a little bit reliant kind of like the Wisconsin game, it's going to be relying on what their offensive players are actually doing in this game. If they're the good versions of themselves, then yeah, it's probably going to be pretty difficult. But if they perform the way that they have for most of the year, 
this could potentially be a cakewalk. I just we know how good they can be because of that lineup, and yeah, they, they've they've played some absolutely miserable games so far. Um, you know, the loss away at Charlotte is interesting. Um, losing to Auburn on a neutral court is fine. I'll give them that. The Wake Forest loss. Wake Forest hasn't been anything special the last few years. So R.I.P. Danny yeah. Manning. I'm so sad that that he's definitely not going him. to have a job um, next year. I, I want Danny Manning to be successful so badly. Because I, I, I want all these coaches that get, like these former big men that try and get into the world of coaching, but all these head coaches are like, no, you were big once, so you should teach the big men. And then they try and break out of that mold, and then a lot of them don't really succeed as much, and so I want them to do well. Sorry. Yeah, I, I guess, like, I just, I'm scared of how good they potentially can be, and their matchups are, like, very, very. I, they prevent. They present a very, very difficult matchup for us. So Luca, the six ten sophomore center. Um, you know, I mean, he's only attempted two three pointers, so he's not as big of a stretch threat as I thought. But he still has the ability to make a three pointer. Like it's a, it's recorded as a stat, which is more than you know, like Ethan Happ could probably ever claim. Um. But they have but a bunch also of... at the same time, uh, yeah. we kind of had that similar worry with Nate Reaver specifically. And while the guards ended up killing us in the Wisconsin game, Theo John did a great job at stretching out and making sure Reavers didn't get any open shots while still holding down low. So I'll give you that. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. Um, but and, I don't the, and I... there is there is still the Bob McHill factor, and Bob McHill is one of the best offensive coaches in the country. So. Right. Like, there should be that yeah. inherent worry of his offense being able to kill us. Well, and his, this team that is largely talented um, has a really good coach behind them. So, because that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of where Marquette will get into trouble a lot of times is when the other team just has a better coach. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, if all things are proceeding fairly neutrally, Marquette will run into trouble um, against teams that are well coached and this team is been having a lot of uh bad uh breaks it seems to start the season so it's definitely a team that uh will likely be um be coming for us uh and so that is uh definitely one to worry about Uh, i think um some some positives just real quick here looking at their defensive stats um i was worried originally about um, their their length because they don't have anybody on the roster listed as shorter than six three, um, and their starting lineup all lists as at least six five, which was really interesting. But I'm looking at some of the components of their defense. Um, you know, they don't have a very good effective field goal percentage defense. They do they're they're in the top 100 in creating turnovers, which might be a, a problem with Marquette. But um, you know, they they don't necessarily defend the three that well. Um, they are poor at blocking shots, so that's uh, that's good to know for um, any of our slashers or drivers getting into the paint and getting off, for example, Marcus's floater or Kobe or Sakar trying to finish at the rim. Um, and then, then they, they kind of tend to be like us, where you know they're 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 62nd in the country in the percentage of three points per three point attempts per field goal attempt. So basically little over 40% of their field goal attempts are three-pointers. So um, 
you know, if we can if we can lock them down from that, uh, their defense doesn't seem to be that impressive, and it seems to play very well into our strengths, which is our effective field goal percentage and our three point shooting. Um, as long as we don't get turned over a miserable amount, which is very possible, I, I like how our offense matches up with their defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the future. Uh, opponents beyond Davidson. Um, yeah, to quickly interrupt, this is oh. also like an incredibly important game because, yeah, it's either USC or Fairfield next, and that's where I'll let Pat continue on with this. Yeah, and you're saying that's important because you want USC on the on the resume. Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I think it's a good point. Um, I think it's although a, knowing how Andy Enfield has been handling the USC program since he took over, it wouldn't be a complete surprise if Fairfield ended up winning. Rec- recklessly would be the word that I would describe Andy Enfield's uh, program management. Well, yeah, a little bit. It's it's a lot of hype and really not a lot of follow through. Yeah, well, and also a lot of you know impermissible benefits as well. Wait, uh, pause. Hold on. Sorry. Very, very quickly. USC plays Florida Gulf Coast this year. Yep. We oh. bring back Dunk City. Yeah, Dunk Dunk City returns or no. Yes. Ma, yeah. Dunk, Dunk, Dunk City. Dunk City I want Dunk City to run rampant over USC. That'll be hilarious. That would be so funny. I I watching that Georgetown game, the 15-2 game. I just I I was just smiling like the whole time. That's so great. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. Right. Um yeah, so, you know, obviously USC is the better team on the resume. Um you know, they're going to be considered a much better win going forward. Obviously, I want to be on the winner's side of the bracket regardless of who we face. Um because that gives us, you know, probably the best chance at um correct me if I'm wrong, uh the, the the big the the final boss in this tournament um, is most likely Maryland. Um, yeah. Yep, you're consensus, right. Consensus top ten team, um, and basically every stretch of the imagination except for Ken Palm, who has them at thirteen. Um, you know, they've had they've had some not as great performances. Um, you know the the Rhode Island win was probably a little bit closer than it needed to be. They they haven't played a uh, you know, there's the one AP voter that refuses to rank a team until they play a true road game. Oh um, God, I remember him. Yeah, there's that guy. Ram- but so Ram- they, they have Ram- Maryland. Couch. Yeah, Ma- Maryland hasn't played a game away from home yet, um, and uh, they're not shooting well at all from three. Uh, granted, on a team with uh, Jalen Smith, um, amongst other talented big men, um, as well as the dynamic wings of. Uh, Eric Ayala and Daryl Morsell. Um, you know, you don't need to shoot incredible from three. Um, but that, that that's the, that's the, like, you make the championship. That's most likely who's waiting. Um, and I, that game terrifies me. That, that potential game terrifies me. Yeah, the one, the silver lining for that game is uh, if you think that uh, Wojo has... Issues determining the value of turnovers, both on offense and on defense. Mark Turgeon has probably a 15-year history of that exact same philosophy. This Mark year, it seems like they're doing uh, better on both ends. But in the past, his teams have just 
always coughed the ball up and never taken any risks on defense. And so in that potential game, it could be two opposing forces with that exact same tendency going at each other. And based on my history with Mark Turgeon as a coach, as a, as a former Wichita state coach and seeing what he's done with Maryland with uber talented teams. Like if you remember uh, the team with uh, Des Wells, Rashid Suleiman, Jake Lehman, who was the yeah, point a- guard? The, the really Mello, great Mello, point guard. Melo Trimble, yeah. yeah. Melo Trimble, who would just drag that team into winning any close game. But even still, he could only muster up a four seed with that lineup. Um, Extremely Marcus-Howard ha- vibes from before Marcus Howard was a thing from Melo Trimble. Minus Honestly, the- that's the <laughs> best comparison I can think of for Melo Trimble. Because Maryland won a stupid amount of close games yep. in those years. And... It was all because Bella Trimble would just say, shut the hell up, everyone. I'm taking over. And he would get to the foul line so much because refs yeah. would just have that quick whistle at the end of those close games. And he'd really drag it out. He was more of a pure point than Marcus and not yeah, he was. a bit of a shooter, but like very similar roles. And mm-hmm. uh, they look similar and are, and yeah, anyway. But yeah, so that so like the disappointment of some of those like super talented teams gives me a little bit of hesitation with what Maryland has this year. Although Jalen Smith is probably one of the three guys in the country that makes me think, ooh, is Theo John gonna be able to handle him on defense? Right. So. Well, I, Theo got a Theo got a little bit uh, spaced out on uh, on Saturday too, so. I, I think Theo Theo honestly is probably better when he's got like a Matt Harms because if because I think where Theo gets in trouble on defense is when they're pulling him out too too far if if they're gonna sort of go traditional post I think Theo is that's Theo's strength but you're right I mean I have not watched Smith um, and so uh, well one of the things I did notice that I, I actually really liked. Um, and will be effective against the potential Jalen Smith-Maryland matchup if Marquette does eventually see them. Jace Johnson looks like a very adequate basketball player. I know I had a lot of reservations um, about the idea of two big lineup, which we still really haven't seen. Um, big fan and, of Jace Johnson. But yeah, he, he's, he's turning into a very, very decent backup center um, for us. Or he, I, he only had five minutes, so it's it's hard to yeah. Really I need to see a lot more out of him before but, making any determinations. But it's the same idea where Jalen Smith is going to be a traditional post against you. Um, that's that's where he thrives. Um, that that's probably the best spot for him. Um, you know, they don't they won't really stretch you out with him too much. Um, I, I do know he's taken seven three pointers. Um, this year and missed all of them. So uh, Jalen Smith, are you talking yeah. about? Or? Yeah, Jalen okay. Smith has taken three, seven three pointers and missed all of them. Um, so he has the ability to stretch you out, and he's a freak athlete. But if he's going to be focused traditionally, um, or as traditional as a traditional post, I should say, um, and try and play back to the basket, um, I like the uh, the the duo of uh, Theo and Jace for defending him. Um, obviously if he's going to try and range out more and hit jumpers, I want Theo on him and not Jace. Um, but Jace looked pretty good on the pick and roll, um, defense as well. Uh, 
that's encouraging. I don't I don't particularly love how hard the coaching staff has Jace hedging um, or any of our bigs really how hard they have them hedging on a you know screens at the top of the key or um, at the three point line. But that's been you know a repeatable thing that Wojo has done um, for the better part of his entire coaching tenure. So you know I can't I can't convince them to go away from their scheme no matter how much I do or don't like it. Um, but I, I like the Sam. You should try though. Sam Newberry for head coach of Marquette. Um, <laughs> file a formal complaint. But I, uh, I I do think that Jace is going to only be more valuable. Um, as the season goes on, um, he didn't look particularly great playing offense. Um, but you know, we, we didn't bring him in to be an offensive threat really. Um, so I'm not too worried about that, but, uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm a lot more optimistic about that Maryland matchup than I should be probably, but I I think we match up with Maryland a lot better than most people give us credit for. I think the nice thing about that game is that we won't really, unless they get their tails kicked. We won't really have a ton of negative things to say just by inherently that being a all upside sort of matchup for us. And, and I think that our schedule is sort of littered with um, frustratingly mediocre opponents that if we come out with losses against them, it are going to really be, head scratching and um sort of soul soul examining losses such as you know like davidson if if marquette can't beat davidson it's kind of that that's a huge concern i would say um kansas state kind of similarly kansas state's not a very good team this year no i know so i i would be if anyone saw that unlv game please direct your ticket refund to the unlv office because you probably deserve it an wow, OT yeah. game that was sixty to fifty-six. That's really bad. It was terrible. Oh my god! I'm very excited to go and just hate it. Noted, not a good coach, Bruce Weber. Like Thank hot you. take, but like no, like the dude. The dude has had two major D1 runs at you know pretty big. I mean, God, they're Power Five schools, but it's fucking Illinois and Kansas State, so I don't know. Language. He had he had right. a roster of, <laughs> for three years with Dean Wade, Xavier Sneed, um, uh, that Jara. Bruce Brown, not, yeah, Cartier Jara, uh, yeah, Brown. Bruce, uh, yeah, it's not uh, Bruce Brown. Well, I keep thinking it's Bruce Bowen for some reason, but yeah, I, know. I do too. They but kind I know of played the same about. way, but anyway, they had like four potential like NBA caliber guys, and the best he could do was an eight seed that he fluked his way into a elite eight because of UMBC and then a four seed first round exit last year. That was it. So there's Bruce forever for you. Yeah. Um, so any, any other, so I, I feel like um, we're starting to get into the schedule and I know Ben wants to talk about the big East as a whole. Um, (laughs) but we probably should focus, not focus. uh, We should probably mention all the Marquette, exclusive news first before we get into the big east um so uh you know play um obnoxious air horn noise here um repeatedly but oh, dawson wow, garcia yeah. i completely so, forgot about this yeah da- dawson garcia obnoxious air horns going off in the background um, <laughs> thank you ben you, you nailed it 
really but big. that's big. That's nice. It's very big, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I don't want to speculate too much because Marquette's still in the the, the market for some guys. Um, we obviously won't know what the transfer market looks like until um, at least the start of the second semester. Um, so there's that. Uh, but I mean, Dawson Garcia is a day one starter to me. So uh, it's not every day you go out and get a kid that talented beating out some other big name programs in the process. Um, you know, and a special double middle fingers up to the psychopathic parts of the Indiana fan base. Um, haha. To the rest of the good Indiana fans, we love you and you guys are great. Um, to all the Indiana fans that are listening to a Marquette-specific podcast. Yeah, uh, if you... A vast majority of you are great. Thank you for not tweeting at recruits. Thank you for not making really weird, creepy videos about recruits or stalking recruits on official visits and taking pictures with them. Thank you for not doing that to the Indian fans that did. Ha ha. He's going to Marquette. Finally, Marquette got a super athletic, lanky, tall guy in the recruiting class next year. Yeah. No, we wow. such dearth of those. Um, great. God. Dearth is a great word. Um, the, I can't think of the last time I heard the word dearth. It's so, it's so, it's so, Sam, you just deployed it so well, too. Just, like, shout shout it to you. Claps all the way around. There's, like, one oh. word every podcast that I just don't really hear much often. Like, Is it usually I use dalliance once. That's the only other example I can I, think of. I, I feel like I'm notorious for doing that, though, because I... That's, Mr. Journalism degree? Well, yeah, but it's, just like, how my brain works. I, 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 try, I, I can't help it. I just, like, try to... Why don't you go write more, you nerd? It's it's my it's it's my most elitist trait. <laughs> um, so uh, Big East, do we want to do Big East? Uh, I wanted to one just oh, circling back around to Dawson Garcia oh, and Dawson. one other name that Mark has been connected with that seems like the next um sort of the next one to be on the lookout for. So obviously Dawson Garcia, um, another tall, lanky um kid that can stretch stretch the floor. A good shooter. Um, his ball handling ability would remind you of Henry Ellenson handling the ball, which is a compliment for a kid that's six ten. Um, big, big, big enough and talented enough and technically gifted enough to bully you um, in the post if he has to, but also a uh, good enough shooting stroke to stretch the entire floor. Shoot, he, his three point shooting stroke is pretty good. And he's um, left handed. Big yeah. fan of left handed shooters. Right. Um, so there's a. It, it, it's a huge understatement that this is, I mean, like he, he's like the second best recruit Marquette's gotten um, ever in terms of rankings. I think um, third best. Under, under but yeah, Van, Van, Vanderblue was better too. Correct. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So this is a, you can't just saying it's a big get is a huge understatement. Um, you know, this is a crown jewel of a recruiting class. So, um, it's awesome that he's coming here, uh, and I think it will help dampen the blow of losing a kid as good as Marcus Howard um, when we see Dawson Garcia suit up for the first time. Um, and then, really quick, uh, the other name that now seems to be the primary focus is... Uh, I, I, I want to say it's pronounced Kareem, so I'm going to pronounce it Kareem. Uh, Kareem Maine? Mane? Uh, I don't know. Names are hard, and it's 2019. There's no predictable pronunciations of anything anymore. Um, 
I'm, so I'm going to call him Kareem Maine. If I'm wrong, please feel free to correct me. Marquette Twitter. Um, top consensus top 50 uh, combo guard um, actually is eligible to declare immediately for the NBA draft, but hasn't made a decision either way um, if he's going to go to college or not. Marquette. He's visiting Marquette on January 4th for the Villanova game. Um, you know, I slot him in with Samir Torrance. Um, and Dawson Garcia is like the people that will could potentially be the face of Marquette in the future. No, no offense to any of the other guys that have been recruited or Dexter Cano, who's currently redshirting. But um, you know, those are you know like the the high profile scores, uh, the uh, ridiculously high rated recruits. Um, they're the people that if you were to make a bet on who's going to be the face of Marquette basketball after Marcus Howard leaves, would be the safest bets to make. Um, and that, yeah, although I'm, I'm, I'm personally very, very, very high on Justin Lewis, um, who was in attendance at the game yesterday. So I really hope he didn't rethink his decision. Um, I'm a very personally high on Justin Lewis, but now, um, with uh, the the Kareem main set to visit, um, you know, I guess he can't because the early signing period is over. He can't sign until the spring signing period. Um, but he's sort of the next name on the radar to watch for the immediate recruits. Um, and then obviously I'll probably start speculating. Um, I'm going to talk to Andy about doing some transfer speculation as well. Um, just sort of try and keep some tabs on some of the transfers that start happening at the semester. And Ooh, I need to write, I need to think about the trade deadline article. Sorry, right. That, oh. that was me thinking out loud. That, that's a very good article every year for those who don't know. Um, you, you've written it. Yeah. Twice, plug. So. Yeah, this would be my third time writing it. I love the trade deadline article. It's one of my favorite um, so things I, I do. Be, be watching um, for that um, come spring. Um, it's a very, very good article that Ben puts out every year. Um, but that all being said, let's talk about the Big East. And the question that I have is, is the Big East good? Because I'm not sure. <laughs> I want to I want to rename this as Make Sam Defend Providence. Please don't make me do this. I swore Damn, it off last it. night on Twitter. I swore him off last night on Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> um, my answer is yes, I think the Big East is good. Um, There's been some head-scratching but, results. But I don't think the Big East has a lot of great teams, if any. Uh, so, But Providence certainly um, is not good. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I'm, maybe not. Well, I don't... Like, Providence's players... I don't think combine for much of a uh, a great hole. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of great individual talent. Um, obviously led with Alpha Diallo. Um, Diallo is just such a for God. a guy who's like really good. He's like such a like anonymous, like not super impactful guy. I mean, like like he does he he is un, unable to like you know carry a team to a win right um but yeah providence has losses away to northwestern yeah. and at home to penn and while penn is a very good ivy league team don't get me wrong um it's not a team you should be losing to at home i watched the game pretty intently and uh penn i cannot overstate how much they just dominated the paint A.J. Berdour just made a complete mockery of any sort of interior defense. That, Former Marquette uh, that target, Khalif Young. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, actually yeah. been having Luke a Young decent year. Young just got completely dominated. And then Jordan Dingle, whenever, because Providence at one right, point, man. they were like, hey, we should try and maybe not let them get past half court. So they tried to press for a little bit, and it worked for some time. But then Jordan Dingle, their freshman point guard, just took over, took control of the situation, and never looked back. And so it was a very, very disappointing effort from Providence, a team that, Sam thought was going to win the national championship. Like, I did man, not. So. That is that is some BS. That's it. Sam uh, Sam called saying. me at 3 a.m. on a Friday night in July and said, "Ben, I'm telling you this right now. Providence will slander. win the next libel ten national slander. championships." This is libel and slander. But I mean, there was a <laughs> so Andy Sam the cap- didn't do that. Andy Andy the the uh, the, the leader of Anonymous Eagle um, wrote. Um, the Providence preview article in the summer that we did. And he pointed out how good some of those teams that, um, why well, I just blank on his name, Ed Cooley has had and has produced what one in he's what one in seven or one in five in the NCAA tournament. Um, and their best seed being an eight seed. Um, this team is not them. Um, even, which is wild. Um, that cause that Chris Dunn, Ben Bentil, um, lineup still gives me nightmares. Those two but, guys were amazing. Yeah. Benzel, 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 when he would, did he score forty against Marquette one game? I feel like that was a thing. That's yeah. How... Oh my god. Pretty that... sure Mar- Marquette swept them that year. I'm pretty sure. Ooh. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. We beat them on the road. I think I, I was thinking about a different year. I think I might be talking about the year before, but maybe not. I'm thinking of 2016. But yeah, I mean they, anyway. They... They have a, so they have a grad transfer point guard, Luane Pipkins. A couple good pieces, obviously, again, Alpha Diallo. Um, notable should change his name or at least go by Dave, David by Duke. Dave. Um, no, he shouldn't change his name because the other one is the guy that sucks. The office space reference. Um, you know, Malik, Malik White's a pretty good player. Um, AJ Reeves, before he got hurt last year, was a very good shooter. Um, and is now shooting three of 13 from three, you know, they don't really have an elite shooter. I guess, shout out Emmett Holt, who's finally healthy. Um, Emmett was the name of my dog growing up. Fun fact. Thank you. I've heard you're not supposed to shout out Emmett Holt for what it's worth. I forget what the exact scenario is, but well, there are some things. Right. Shout out the name Emmett then. He he, uh, he left he left Indiana under not great circumstances. Yeah, that's that's what I was referring to. But, um for, but for now it's worth, not to cut you off, uh Sam Bentel gave Marquette forty two at the Bradley Center on February tenth, twenty sixteen, but Marquette won in double overtime. Yikes. That's right. Yep, so I remember that game. We're both right. We we did sweep Providence that year, but Ben Bentil gave us forty two. So quick, as, quick aside, um, the Big East has three of the top 25 teams in terms of fastest possession length. I'd describe that very poorly, but St. John's, Providence, and Georgetown all play super fast this year. Shout out to, Whereas, jo- shouts to Georgetown for giving Duke all it wanted. I was um, going to say, and Georgetown, giving Texas the work. Yeah. Georgetown might be the most interesting team in the conference right now. I, I don't think know I if they're good, but I'm going to enjoy well, trying yeah. to figure out I if think, they're good. 
I think they're largely the same team they were last year, and they've just dropped a giant yurt seven into the middle of it, and and now that's like actually very viable because yurt seven's a really good college basketball player. Yeah, I do think that they'll end up using him too much because they use him in just like straight post up situations way more than they're, the they're using. Team. They're using him like they had to use Jesse Govan, which I mean. He's kind of a perfect replacement for Jesse Covan, but um, I'm not sure it necessarily works with his skill set as well as it did with Govan. I, I still think McClung sucks. I agree with that take, and I will stand by it. Uh, Jam- and it James Akinjo is Kinjo turns the ball over too much. James yeah, Kinjo likes to just run in straight lines. Kinjo is Akinjo is going to be if he can like develop as a player he could be a really good point guard in college basketball for the next two years uh but he is still just like manic Mm -hmm. he plays very 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 fast um but yeah i georgetown will be very interesting to watch um i think the next so they get unc greensboro at home um which will be a very interesting matchup um they get oklahoma state away and smu away um the first week of december so i think that um and then, uh, that's, so December 14th uh, is the Syracuse game where Georgetown hosts Syracuse. I think the next four stretch of games, stretch of four games, I should say, will really sort of tell us how good Georgetown is. I don't know if Duke's all that good anyway, though, right now. Um, Trey, Jones, Trey Jones is a great player, but um, I don't know. Like, those, those freshmen are good, but... At this point, it's like it's it's like how Kentucky loses to um, to Evansville. God, I don't know why it took me so long. Uh, or how like Washington, on a much lesser extent, uh, has been super high variant so far this season. Um, yeah, if 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 they had like a like a Michigan State or a you know, one of those more seasoned teams, I think I'd put more into it. I think they're going to be super all over the place this year, except year seven raises their floor. I, I think that's a very good take on it. Um, yeah. Talking about being super all over the place, especially so far this year, Xavier. How about um, them? That's a, that's a whole thing. I mean, like, they're undefeated. I like them, though. Um, they, they needed overtime to beat Missouri at home. They only beat Missouri State at home by three. Um, partially because of a terrible flopping call. Correct. Um, but you know, they have massive problems shooting the three. Like you didn't even mention the Connecticut game on Friday. Yeah. That was a fun watch. That was a good time. Um, shout, shout, shout out, uh, the biggest balls in, uh, the big East for Najee Marshall, um, down the stretch there. Um, he did the Jenkins for the championship. Yeah. Right. <laughs> What is your offensive uh, scheme? Run Jenkins for the championship. <laughs> yeah, I, oh. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna really hate UConn when they're back. So I was happy to see them win that game and like make no escalators. Calm down on Twitter a little bit. He I love. A- I, I I I disagree. I love the. I, I mean, yes, we're going to hate UConn. That that's a given. But we like, it's gonna be so fun having UConn back. Oh God! I don't know. They're just the worst. I uh, love it. I love it. Um, right. uh, other. I mean, yeah, they don't have anybody on their team. They have John Terry's James is shooting forty percent from three to on two of five for the year. 
Um, Bryce Moore, who's a senior point guard, is shooting 8 of 21 for 38%. Um, and that's the next best shooter on their team. Like, they are terrible from three. And, and it's like some volume guys, too. Like, Najee Marshall is Najee taking Marshall. a decent amount of threes. Same with Paul Scruggs, and he's only, I mean, you know, only hitting t- 32% of them. You know, like, I can't hit 32% of threes. I would take in a college basketball game, but... You know, that's the reason that they're on scholarship and I'm podcasting about them instead. Um, You know, their defense is really good. They're all super lanky. They're super tough. Um, They're they're all stronger than you. They're all more athletic than you. Um, You know, insert other praise here. I I think I've adopted Xavier as the my my new providence um, for this year, but they've looked inconsistent to start. Yeah, I, I think Xavier is going to be my most objectively uh, the team I will most enjoy in the Big East this year. That's well, I'm probably not going to enjoy Marquette, so <laughs> I won't even. I won't even. Xavier will be the team that I I derive the most joy from watching. How about that? Um, yeah, I think I agree with that. I I still kind of. I I think I made the take that Xavier might be the best team in this conference and that they they might win it all. Or not win like the championship, but win the conference. Um, that I still stand by that. I still think they're probably. I thought they were going to be the most consistent team to predict success for in this conference, which obviously not. But um, we'll probably get a decent test for Xavier. I mean, by the time that you, the lovely listener, is listening to this, then you'll have already known the result of the game against Florida. But that's going to be it. Oh, I'm excited. Even though Florida well, that, just sucks this year. Florida's been weird this year. Random uh, random aside, that game is when? Like in two hours? Random yeah. random time random time thing that's gonna make no sense to people listening to this in whenever they do. Okay, I'm excited. I want to watch the game. Yeah, I'm gonna I turn like, that on. For sure. I really also, like Harry a Black team that's shirt. been really sneaking up in the rankings actually they are third in ken palm in the big east rankings it is butler does anyone know yeah. that because i that, didn't that's yeah, that's, that's, that's they're playing missouri tomorrow in kansas city and i have a deadline due wednesday but i really would like to make it to sprint center for that they've beaten two not so awful teams at home i mean i don't really I don't know. I, I don't know. Like they they've played three teams that are two forty or higher, and then they beat Minnesota and Wofford, uh, both at their home. notoriously helpful home court advantage. Right. Um, although not according to Ken Palm, but I will declare it objectively <laughs> as a as a as a big home court advantage. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Kamar Baldwin's that good. They're being either. they're being definitely propped up by the fact that they just don't turn the ball over. Um, they're third in Ken Palm. Um, oh, wow. Holy yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they don't turn the ball over, and they've been shooting very well as a team from three. Um, you know, a team percentage of 37.1 is pretty dang good. Um, just in general, their their effective field goal percentage is top 40. Um, their effective field goal defense is top 30. Um, you know, granted, look at the, you know, adjust for, adjust for the competition. That's not a good Minnesota team either. But, um, you know, they have... Kamar Baldwin shooting 37% from three, and Sean McDermott shooting 52% from three. Um, 
you could talk me into Butler being a team that I I would be okay with uh, yeah. being pretty good this year if they. I, the sting of the sting of my um, bad feelings towards them has been put out since um, they have sort of come back to earth as a program in the last couple of years. Um, well, I mean, they, so but yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but like Butler goes through. They get Missouri tomorrow um, in Kansas City. They play away at Ole Miss. They host Florida. Um, and then they go to Baylor, and th- that's their next four games. Again, just like Georgetown, we're going to learn a lot about how good Butler really is in their next four games. So, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be curious. Um, and it, as I'm like considering like which teams that are interesting to follow, I'm just thinking that um, like I would like Pro- Providence. No, Providence is bad. Creighton doesn't defend. Georgetown, I really don't like their fans or alumni. Um, and uh, see, uh, South Orange, New Jersey can fall into the ocean. So um, besides, so I think it'll be probably Butler or Xavier for me at this point. Um, no offense to our Big East overlords, but I don't really particularly enjoy them being amazing, although they have propped our conference up, which is nice. They are currently beating Baylor at the half as well, so there's that. That's a good, that'd be a good win for them. The Ohio State thing, they need to, they need to not have that. Right. They they are, they have been marred by just a drubbing to start the last two seasons, so they need to sort of wash the taste of that one out a little bit. Right. Um, I mean, you know, DePaul is somehow 6-0. Um, including two uh, decent road wins. I can't do DePaul though. I, no. I, I know. I know you're saying that just as like a to point it out, but I can't do DePaul. I I that athletic department needs to be disbanded. So I I have I have no. I have you no. heard it here first, folks. Um, I mean, it does. Have you read the stories? Like, oh my god, the yeah. shit that they got away with just because it was DePaul and nobody cared it was ridiculous. They did get a little bit of punishment, but like. Uh, they like if they were not DePaul and they were like I don't know LSU football or something. Th- it would be like one of the bigger stories in college athletics. Well, see, we we say that, but then we look at what happened at Michigan State, and you know, like that's well, still a thing. So yeah, well, but it wasn't. Yeah, but it it was more like sort of like Trump style stuff more than, like, actually, like, serious crimes like Michigan State was. Like, it was more, like, uh, you know, corruption and and sketchy deals and that and then kind you of... could Like, the Trust naming rights and stuff like that went to, like, the that... ADs, like... Yeah, yes, yes, that's insane! <laughs> that just happened! And they're a sponsor of Marquette, which is really frustrating. <laughs> I wish yeah. they weren't. Uh, anyhow, um... You guys want to uh, leave it there, and we can uh, hop back on uh, at the end of uh, hopefully a victorious weekend uh, next weekend. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, you know, I, the championship of that tournament would probably be on that Sunday, right? Uh, Saturday, right? The, would they play three games in three days? I think it would be. Yeah, I think it would be three games in three days. Yeah, those. I'm just realizing that, uh, or remembering that we play on Thanksgiving. Which, right. it's dumb. 
Oh yeah, and it sucks for you guys because it's four o'clock on Thanksgiving too. So that's like oh, that's right in the middle. Oh. Yeah, right. That's like prime dinner time. I've already told my family that the game is at two. We can't start dinner until four. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to. I'm in good shape, but it's bad. Very, very quickly abandon my family for a couple hours to watch a college basketball game. I'm sure they'll understand. Fortunately, fortunately, I do not do thanksgiving with anyone but my immediate family and my parents are very much both extremely pro marquette basketball um so like my yeah, mom got, my got mom, a lot of one of the craziest marquette basketball fans and it, she just like loves watching the games so i have no problem i have a lot of um deniability built in to be able to, to watch that game which is good i'm not extended family coming in and uh It'll be it'll probably be a situation where I'm sitting in my living room, my mom is just crying, begging me to spend some time with my family. <laughs> I just say, No, I have content to bring. Ben, ben, you're so disappointing. I'm just saying it's for the podcast over and over again. She doesn't even understand what a podcast is. Do it for the content. Do it for the content. My subscribers need me, mom. <laughs> you just don't understand me, mom. It's not a face. <laughs> it's not a face. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm super lucky in the fact that I'm not even going home for Thanksgiving. So I get to spend all the time I want watching basketball over the Thanksgiving holiday and weekend. So, Wait, pause. So one, one more question before we can end this. Uh, oh. Best Thanksgiving meal item? Oof. It's tough. I'm a, I'm a stuffing guy, and I know I'm that that's a that big stuffing guy. Stuffing is great. I've always been... The thing, the reason I look forward to Thanksgiving dinner, food wise, has always been stuffing because you don't Absolutely. have it any time of the year, and I am a huge fan. But I think it's co- kind of controversial. I think there's a lot of stuffing negativity out there, which is unfortunate, and you hate to see. Yeah, what fucking doorknobs out there don't <laughs> like bread? Like really good just bread with like a little bit of veggies and just an ass load of seasoning on it. it just it's perfect. Anyone who I'll, I'll say it. Anyone who doesn't like stuffing should be publicly crucified. Wow. Okay. Uh, wow. That's, that's intense. Hello. Um, Sam, what's your answer? I mean, I, I also enjoy stuffing or dressing, depending on what you call it. Um, I, yeah, same I, goes I, for people who call it dressing. I, um, I don't... Punishment. I, there was a really good take about this where somebody said it's dressing if you don't actually cook it in the turkey. Um Stuffing it, if you do cook it in the turkey, obviously there's problems with cooking food inside of raw poultry. So I I don't hold anything against people that don't. I just, uh, you know, I'm willing to let that take sit. Uh, I don't care what people call it. Um, Fine. But uh, I guess I'm in the minority in that, like, I ate it a lot more than just Thanksgiving. So it's not, like, as Thanksgiving special to me. Um, it should be you. You're you're in the right there. The, people should be more bold about stuffing. Um, let's see. I uh, I don't really have a favorite item per se. Um, my family all has like unique stuff that they make every holiday that's really enjoyable. Um, so it's it's more just like I don't have like a favorite. Like if I were to go to a random restaurant and do Thanksgiving dinner, which I'll which probably what I'm doing. Um. You know, I don't really have, like, an item that, like, I need to have to make it enjoyable. It's more so just, like, personal family stuff. Um, But that being said, I will say that as I've gotten older and started eating just a more varied 
group of food, um, been a lot less picky. Um, green bean casserole has definitely grown on me. So I want to give a special shout out to that oh. because I, I didn't, I didn't like it as a kid. And like, as I've gotten older, it's been more and more enjoyable. And so like from being something that I like completely ignored at Thanksgiving to now something I look forward to at every Thanksgiving meal. Um, I definitely think that, uh, it needs a special shout out as like one of my becoming one of my favorites. When it's done right, it's very good. Right. I And it's kind of an easy thing to make not great. So I, I, I agree that when it's done right, it's very, very, very enjoyable. All right. But um, that all being said, you guys got your takes in. I got my take in. Um, anything else before we get done? I think I think we're good to go. Um, it'd be a in very interesting week, and uh, you know we had a nice sort of break this week, uh, where last week was the first interesting week, um, and we'll see. I think uh, from now on it'll be very um, intriguing uh, to assess the actual overall quality of the program um, or the team this year. Um, and I think we'll get a good read on that uh, by uh, the end of the holiday weekend. So I'm looking yeah, forward to it. We're going to learn a lot about the team in the next few days. Yeah, it's uh, and it might not be good news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to know a lot more. We just might not be happy that we know it. That uh, is accurate. I, I guess a uh, final shout-out for social media. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we tend to do a lot of pontificating and or hot taking on there, depending on how you view it. Um, so I, everybody want to run down their Twitter handles really quick. Feel free to ask us questions. Mine's uh, at S N E W B two, two. I wanted to do, I wanted to do, I'm at S noob 22, but I, ah, damn it. <laughs> you, you, you ruined my, you ruined my joke. I was going to shout the, out. The, yeah. Sam I, playing I, I 40 like, chess yeah. over here. I'm uh, Ben Snyder, 94. I, I'm Patrick K. Leary, but follow Ben and Sam. Don't follow me. I, I like following Pat. Pat's a good follow. Follow I, Pat. Underrated follow. My 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 Twitter game has been evolving lately. It's it's very interesting. It's just a lot of like it's it, generally I would say it's a lot of um, Marquette tweets, Seahawks tweets, Christian Pulisic gifs. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much my three genres. Mine's a good amount of 69 jokes. Sam, mine Sam, mine, mine Sam just depends little... on how much alcohol I've consumed. Yeah, it really, honestly, that's, 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 that's the best summary possible of yours. All right, folks, it's been real. Thanks for listening. It's been fun. It's been okay. Real fun. <laughs>